This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the show where myself, Dan Selke of WinterIsComing.net and Mia Johnson of DorkShotOfTheForest.com and WinterIsComing.net talk all things, you know, pop culture, uh, movies, television, sci-fi, fantasy, lasers, dinosaurs, maybe, swords, etc. and so forth, armor, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. Um, and we are here today on this lovely October 27th, pre-Halloween, for a special spooky <laughs> episode. Actually, no, it's not at all. It's normal. <laughs> Um, but we do have a lot to talk about, quite frankly, today. Yeah. This is, you know, some weeks there's, like, nothing going on, and then other weeks there's, like, we have two major releases, mm-hmm. a giant trailer, and lots of incidentals. Yeah, this show practically wrote itself. I was like, okay, we know what we're talking about today. Oh, I love no the ones questions. where it's, like, one line, like, yeah. talk about Dune. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Done with the outline. Yeah. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Hello, Christian. Hello, uh, Roy. Good to see y'all and everybody else. In the chat, feel free to keep it coming because we have a live one today. And what say we just skip right past the preambulatory banter and get right into the deep, juicy heart of the matter? Yes, I've been waiting a really, really, really long time to talk about this. Okay, Mia Johnson, what did you think of Denis Villeneuve's film Dune? Mm, This came out over this past weekend. Wow, I, oh my gosh. We're going to review Dune. Yeah, I am so, so, so surprised that I loved it. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, I'm glad. Which I was leaning towards probably going to like it. And, you know, we'll see how this goes. But I was enjoying the book and I was like, okay, you know, it's it seemed to me very impossible to adapt. You know, it's kind of been this whole film's reputation. But um, it took me some warming up to do. And as the film picked up steam, I was somehow hooked. (laughs) I don't know how that happened, but now I'm hooked. I was um, pleasantly sunk in. Yeah. I mean, I didn't love everything about it, but uh, yeah, it 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 had the kind of sweep and the scope and the vision and sort of just the prettiness to look at behind yeah. it that it was easy to just kind of sit there and just kind of let it wash over me. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because I was in a theater too and you were HBO Max in it. Yeah. And now I'm, I don't know if I have regrets about watching on HBO Max. Um, so here's the deal. I watched the first Got half a sequel, of the it's movie. Fine. That's true. Um, I watched the first 30 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. over at my parents and they've got like a 4K TV and the surround sound. And that was just like the ultimate eye and ear candy because you've got these huge sweeping visuals, you know, um, and then in the background, you're hearing Hans Zimmer's score. It was a good score. Which was a perfect compliment. He, he really, you know, it's Hans Zimmer. Um, and he, he's always great, but he really, really went out for this one. Maybe, (laughs) maybe except for the Harkonnen, uh, scenes where they're doing like those throaty, 
um, didgeridoo <laughs> like. I like the didgeridoo. Uh, oh, afterwards, my I, skin my partner, crawl. I was definitely singing like. Yes, like okay. <laughs> um, it. No, I'll admit this. When I was watching the film too in the beginning, it felt really, really, really nerdy. And it, yeah, it How just did it start again. Was it like one of those like a preamble things where in the beginning that was this? Mm, possibly, because I watched it on two separate nights, so it's right. kind of like the beginning. I barely forgot, but it did just kind of seem like, oh man, we're you know we're dealing with these, you know, we've got spaceships and we've got all sorts of names for. I think it's when you start giving names to made up things, and the made up uh-huh. things have made up names. So you're like, oh man, what are you watching? And my my dad, who's a sci fi fan, was making fun of me for watching this. I was like, come <laughs> on. Um, but no, you I can put all the money you want at a big budget spectacular. <laughs> but if you have names like Gam Jabbar, it's, <laughs> it's, it's there's nothing you can do. Yeah. <laughs> it's just nerdy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I had a lot of fun, and I think what hooked me in was how they were building up Paul's character. I I genuinely uh, enjoyed Timothy Chalamet. Mm. Um, and I was like, I could be in this for the long haul. I could see more than two movies. I want this to be the That's series good. that Warner Brothers gives money to and takes money away from a fantastic piece. Oh, is that even still happening? Yeah, I, I would be definitely in favor of that. Everyone, it was from the start, it was a well cast movie. Like Timothy Chalamet, even as, as I'm just going to make fun of him for like having a harder pronounced name and like where does that accent they go in there come from? Why is it even in there? Um, he, he was well cast. Like mm-hmm. Paul is supposed to be in, in like, sometimes you like cast a 25 photo 16 year old and you're like, no, I yeah. don't buy it. Like with him, I do. He just has such a boyish kind of look and kind of projects an innocence, but he has a charisma too. He, 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 he does have it. He has yeah. what he needed. Oscar Isaac was very, very steady and kind of authoritative, but in a nice patriarchal, but friendly, nice dad kind of way as uh, Lita Atreides. Mm-hmm. Rebecca Ferguson, I thought, did a good job as Lady Jessica too. Shouldered. Yeah. She kind of had a lot put on her too. She she had to carry a lot of the scenes where she's kind of the one in the know, even though Paul's becoming this superhuman person. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised at how the weight had kind of tipped to her, especially towards the um, second half of the movie. Um, and you see the dynamic between her and Paul. Oh, but one thing that as we're talking about, oh, go ahead. No, just when he yelled at her in the tent, it was sad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was very sad. Uh, one thing that stuck out to me, though, was I think this was something we had, we had kind of, or maybe I just looked at in the trailers kind of thinking tonally it was off because we did see some humor and we saw it was, you know, the very action oriented. And I think um, that totally melted away by the time yeah. you watch the movie and you're like, okay, maybe they just chose these moments for the trailer. Like I, did. I think Jason Momoa as Duncan Idaho probably has the most zingers, if you want to call him that. <laughs> but there was the, the, there was a genuine laugh in the theater. There was only the one when it was like, are you putting some muscle? I am. No. And then he walks away. Like people actually <laughs> laughed at that. Like a, a, a kind of, not like a roar, but it was yeah. like a audible everyone's laughed i'm like okay that wasn't in the book but it's fine you're right it, it wasn't too much um it could have which brings me to a point so you've read dune i've read dune now um were you surprised by how much so i figured in a two and a half hour movie adaptation of half a book mm-hmm. you would be able to fit in pretty much everything but i was surprised by how much they cut like there was this this kind of long um 
party scene where kind of the Duke gathers like, you know, some of the Fremen and the council members and all these different groups that are mm-hmm. whatever space people. And it's kind of has like a Star Wars cantina energy. It's like a little, it, it, it's probably the lightest part of the book. Yeah. And, and the movie and the story is so kind of heavy. I was like, maybe we could have used a little pick me up in the party mm-hmm. scene. They didn't have the whole thing where Jessica suspected of being the mole. Oh, yeah. Which I did like in the book. That was interesting. Yeah. So I was surprised that they cut a lot c- 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 considering how much space they had to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally forgot about the Jessica part. And um, the other thing that stuck out to me was the whole Dr. Yui. And there was like, yeah. like literally in the second or so scene of the book was when I think the Baron was talking about. He just basically lays out his whole plan. Yes. Um. And that's where you kind of have that, um, what do you call it, like dramatic iron, some sort of, you know, mm-hmm. inside information as the reader as to what's about to go down compared to everyone else. So I was like, because I know what's going to happen anyway, I wonder if the plot might have been a little confusing to people who had no background because you just know there's this guy and for some reason, you know, he's got beef against uh, House Atreides. Um, but to be fair... He's huge. He's a lot of mist. <laughs> yeah. That he did flies. freak me out. Um, but, oh, it did. I was still kind of a, a little disoriented because I was expecting them to adapt so faithfully, like scene by scene. Why not? Yeah, that when, you know, some, a couple of scenes were rearranged, um, even like the signing and saying, you know, like we hereby invite you to Arrakis. I was like, wait, did that, did that happen? I I don't think so. Yeah, with the bagpipe wall coming out. Oh, yeah. Like, there was, like, a little added scene with, like, father and son just, like, walking, like, you got a responsibility. Like, you know, a a very Simba, Mufasa moment kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, in a film, maybe you just need certain elements like those where you can have something intimate and still push the story yeah, of along. of course. You want to change it a bit. I was I was surprised. And, and again, I, partly because I, I thought it would have, like, leavened the tone a bit. Yeah. And by the way, Nicole says that Timothy is a boring actor. Like, kind of. I, I do think that in a story like this, boring is can be an asset because like the the main character you're supposed to kind of project onto and he's supposed to be this kind of iconic everyone sees themselves in him kind of guy Mm -hmm. like a kind of sort of a canvas i thought he worked for this i i I thought it worked well i thought everyone worked well i don't think anybody was miscast yeah for the most part yeah i think i mean a bit it was like in fact i mean they were so famous they were a couple of like why you like why even bother putting Dave Batista in this if all you're going to do is like put him under a, 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 a mile of makeup and have him glower at stuff? Yeah, I think on that note, I was kind of expecting literally every new character who showed up to be somebody. And, you know, right. you're supposed to like clap and welcome them and all that. <laughs> I think they could have scaled it back a little. I think they probably yeah. they really forced all these stars in there just so you can, you know, it was risky and you're like, are people going to want to watch this and all that? They could have maybe just kept it to, you know, maybe Paul, the dad and his mother and maybe like a Duncan Idaho or Gurney, um, you know, Haddock or whatever. Well, him again, Josh Brolin, like, I don't know if you needed Josh Brolin in this role. It yeah. That much. I think, okay, maybe his character was the one who, I don't know if it was his acting or the lines they had given him where he sounded very, I don't know, like kind of Shakespearean or very stage play like it just seemed like mm. his dialogue was so unnatural compared to everything else. I think that was just a small little nitpick, uh, nitpicky thing. Okay. 
I mean, the filmmaking you knew was going to be um, excellent with Denny Villeneuve. Like, I like how they did the voice. Like, it, that, that's been like a tricky thing to do. You know, the thing where they're like, you say something, but you yeah. say it in a really cool way that yeah. just makes people do what you want. Um, it's hard to like kind of sell me on that, but I like the way he kind of like, like he mouthed the words, he didn't hear anything. And then like it sound, it was a great kind of sound mix. Mm-hmm. Very, very effective all around. Yeah, that was very well done. Um, and then... I was Oh, they also laugh when um Javier Bardem spit on the table. So. <laughs> that was yeah, that one was quite funny. Obviously cuz I wasn't in a theater, it was literally just me, so mm-hmm. I don't even know what I laughed at anymore. That was quite nice um and leading up to, you know, eventually we're saying all the spoilers, you know, mm. he, he's out in the dunes and he's getting greeted by all these people. Um, I've heard some people say that it ends quite abruptly. Um, I didn't, I didn't quite feel that way. I think, okay, here's the thing. I think it feels, this feels like an episode one in a TV series, you know, bar it being like over two hours. Um, but yeah, it really has that structure of like, okay, if you think of Harry Potter, that pretty much has, you know, from A to Z, a complete arc where you can just watch one movie. This one does too, but it leaves you on that cliffhanger where I'm like, if this were Netflix, I would be hitting next episode or HBO would be hitting next episode. So, um, it's an interesting way to structure a movie, but I wasn't too opposed to it. I didn't hate it. I mean, especially because maybe it's because I, I mean, I knew it was going to end. I thought, okay, if you're going to break it up, sure, that was fine. Also, it, it's, it matters that's only one more. It, it's, if this were like the part of like, we're going to make an eight movie series, <laughs> like I wouldn't be happy about that. But there's one more movie for Dune. And then they can mm-hmm. do things afterwards if they want, but at yeah. least those are like other books and other stories. Yeah. Like you get two. I will give you two. <laughs> so how much longer do you think it's going to be two or three years? I really... 2023. Oh, okay. Okay. I, fingers crossed. I was like, I really just wish they had filmed this like um, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame where they were like, yeah. we are just going to film everything. Cut them up weird. into two movies. Yeah. I don't know why, you know, they didn't want to invest because I'm sure it would just be easier, maybe more time consuming, but... Well, because I kept playing this game where it was like, you know, we'll certainly, of course, part one, you got to make part two. But like, if you believe that, why don't you just do it at first? Yeah. You know, like you, you, you can't <laughs> believe what you're saying. They must yeah. have been scared. They must have been nervous. Yeah. Which I think it was kind of, I don't know if I want to call it rude or insulting that mm-hmm. Warner Brothers didn't, um, you know, greenlit the second part because it was amazing. And I haven't really seen any like harsh criticism on it. I think there have, you know, when some. people say mixed reviews and all that, but yeah, I'm like, compared to Justice League, like, <laughs> you, so yeah, I, you've invested in some stupid yeah, things, Warner Brothers. This one is not it. This one <laughs> isn't it. So, uh, yeah, I'm like, if they want to adapt the second book or the third book, or I don't know when, you know, eventually maybe sometimes the books start like going downhill. I don't know if that happens in the oh, Dune yeah, franchise. It always does. And Dune's no exception. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, maybe I think like he, um, Denny Villeneuve recommended, he's like, what if we made it a trilogy? I would be down for that. Yeah, I want to see more. It's good up to like the third book is uh, some people, some folks the, the third book is the best one. Mm-hmm. And the fourth book is interesting. The fifth and sixth books are like, what? You're getting a year on You're getting old, man, aren't you? <laughs> it's strange what happened up in that brain. Yeah, I figured that would be the case. Um, I also want to mention before we move on, um, just again, the visual spectacular, like the sandworm stuff. I loved, I loved mm-hmm. the, just the, the hugeness of it. 
and the scale of it. And they really did feel sort of threatening and kind of Jaws-like when they were kind of going over the sand dunes and like, we gotta go, we gotta go. Yeah. Um, ugh, they're giant ass teeth full of mouths. It's great. Yeah, those looked really, really cool. He has a great sense of um, scope. And he really mm-hmm. sold me on that. I, I, I mean, some of, I, I, like some of the particulars, like I thought kind of like the attack on the um, Atreides the, home mm-hmm. it was like a little quick. Yeah. Yeah, you thought that too? Yeah, yeah. kind of to me, it, it, I was hoping that it wasn't like Venom where that was the climax of the movie because <laughs> Venom only Which had like, Venom 2 had only like led up to one climactic scene. You're like, oh, that's it. So I do <laughs> like that there was still more after that. Um, but yeah, it seemed like maybe we needed something more in between to kind of build up to the attack. But it wasn't plotted perfectly, mm-hmm. but like it made up for it with its ambition and its scope. Exactly. And its kind of vision behind it. Yeah. And I want to see imagination, um, yeah. more Zendaya because... <laughs> I think a lot of people were like, you know, she's going, she's on this tour, you know, kind of second she with is. Timothy Chalamet, she's talking about her character at length for someone who's only had like seven minutes really on screen outside of the visions. I was like, oh, wow. in it like more than I thought she would be, like given how much they talked down, like she's probably in it at all. <laughs> I guess it's the opposite for me. I think because they just had her doing so much promotion, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, what is she going to be doing in this? I know she'll have a bigger role in next oh, yeah. picture, but this one I was like, uh, I remembered her. She? Like she, she did make an impression. Yeah. Which um, I guess speaks to like, I'm fine with her being a celebrity. Like I, 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 I thought that bit. You mm-hmm. want someone in that big role, but yeah, I liked it a lot. Gosh, yeah. I liked it a lot. I would watch the second one. <laughs> I wish it was coming sooner. I mean, I always knew it would be good, at least good, and I think it's gonna. I, I think it's very good. Oh yeah, I'm gonna give it a yeah. solid B plus A minus. Yeah, I would be on the same part with you. I'm glad I got to discuss this finally. <laughs> yes, it's been a while. And perhaps some more. As Christian asks, so a kid got knocked out a window. I'm not sure what you mean, Christian. This isn't Game of Thrones. This isn't Bran going out a window. This is Timothy Salamalala. This is Paul Atreides. He ain't falling out in a window. Um, he is becoming the Kwisatz Haderach or Maudib or what other dumb name they have for him. Um, I'm sure there are others, but I forget. <laughs> yeah. I was losing track. I was like, wait, I thought he was supposed to be this, but now they're saying this. Anyway. I just what a movie. Like a, I just like when the, the, the old lady makes him put his hand in a box. And, and so, and it hurts a lot. I think it's fun. All right. I like the costumes. I like, I like all the veils. Okay. There's some great veil work in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But from a movie that we really enjoyed to a movie that you got an advance uh, screening of, Mia, you got to see before America at large the next Marvel movie spectacular, Eternals, mm. starring everybody, starring Kit Harrington, starring Richard Madden, starring Gemma Chan, starring Angelina Jolie, starring Kamel Nanjani, starring just about, mm. oh, Selma Hayek, mm-hmm. just about everybody you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And they all come together and they play these ancient beings who have been on the earth for millennia, defending it from terror and horror. And Mar- Marvel is just, is, is staking its claim on this. Is it going to be its next big thing? Mia, will it satisfy people and will it do what marvel wants to do Ooh, this is so so sad i feel <laughs> like i'm at a funeral i man dan i did not enjoy marvel's eternals drag I, we need like a dun 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 <laughs> sound effect to play um and so this is funny because this in shang chi for me i was skeptical about because mm. i've always been saying these are two new characters or 
two movies introducing new characters. Yes, yes they are. Um, and that's always hard to do. And Shang-Chi, I was more than overjoyed with. And so that one actually gave me a little bit more hope for this. I was like, okay, I can be sure, a little more accepting sure. and accommodating new um, heroes. But I think they really kind of jumped the gun with Eternals. And I am so <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> What would you say are like the problems with it that you were having? Yeah. Um, I, I didn't see it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I saw, I saw this on Monday. It comes out November the 5th. So next week. So you, mm-hmm. everyone can see it or should you see it? Um, but it's, it's to me, I was like, this is kind of like a death by a thousand paper cuts. It's just all these little moving parts where, you know, I'm like, where do I even begin? Of course, you have, like you were saying, this massive, massive cast. Uh-huh. Um, and there are pros and cons. I was like, I actually do kind of enjoy some of the characters, like um, Kumail Nanjani, who plays Kingo. He's this, like, Bollywood actor and his, you know, you know, like when he puts on his Clark Kent persona. And I was like, he was really, really funny. He brought a lot of charm to the movie um, and fun, but it's like, okay, now we have to give that time and dedication to nine other characters yeah, in the yeah. span of over two hours. And that just doesn't work out because um, the next factor to that is that the movie is nonlinear. So we have scenes in present day where the team is broken up and they're scattered to the wind. And then we go back in time to ancient history where the team is together. But when they're together, you don't really learn a lot about them because they're just fighting the villain and, you know, everybody is kind of saying maybe a one-liner or something, but that's sure. not really character development. <laughs> so that's one of the paper cuts. <laughs> another thing, yeah, another thing area. I would say is it's a very talkative movie. Um, hmm. And I, I don't think I got time to really express that in my review but there i did say that there's not a lot of action scenes so you're like okay but this is a marvel movie you want things to be exciting and quick paced and and it's like that all just falls flat too because there's this whole romance budding between uh gemma chan's character and richard madden or rather they're ex-lovers. Oh, yeah. So it's now... Like they're, they're, yeah, yeah. They're ex-lovers. Like a million years old. <laughs> so now we have to kind of deal with them like being moody and bickering about, you Mad. know, the past and, you know, do we love each other? Do we not? Then there's Kit Harrington, who's kind of like her current boyfriend. He's like, hey, but what about me? And it's like, hey, but what about the plot? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that just... I was like, I think during a couple scenes where they were talking, I was literally like this. <laughs> And I was just kind of just soaking it all in and might have dozed off. I woke myself up in time. But yeah, it is just there's just so much going on in this movie um, that it just does not work the way that it should. And I said um, in my review, there are some good parts. Like I said, the characters are good. The scenery is very beautiful. But, you know, it's like making a quilt or dress with different pieces of fabric where it's like oh this is a pretty piece of fabric this is a pretty piece and then when you sew it all together you're like okay that didn't quite work out yeah (laughs) what do you think they were going for that they missed hmm i think they were definitely trying to make this one of marvel's more mature movies sure there is a sex scene in apparently there is (laughs) and it caught me so off guard i knew it was coming and i kind of 
anticipated like when it was coming around the corner as well but and i told you i'm not like you know it's not really my thing and so to have that in a marvel movie as well where um basically they were it was like from the waist up so to speak and they were unclothed and it was (laughs) i was like this is really weird because i'm watching a marvel movie not like you know hbo (laughs) this is inappropriate but like does it involve coming on on johnny's is that why it got ripped (laughs) no actually okay um it well since we're talking about the two lovers it's um gimma chan and richard madden which i mean two good-looking people but not the time and not the place (laughs) it must feel weird for a marvel movie i I can only yeah yeah so that it's like well you you definitely i you know kids probably wouldn't like that and the movie is so slow paced and not a lot of action that i don't think it would appeal to children anyway which is usually kind of you know sure yeah marvel movies are very wide yeah umbrella um and my i think my other biggest complaint was the villains which I think they explain this in the trailer. The Eternals are sent from the Celestials, these big cosmic beings, to defend the Earth from these ravaging space alien vicious dog creatures. (laughs) And it just sounds so ridiculous. I was like, we're aiming to have a very mature, you know, (laughs) adult-themed movie, and they're fighting you know aliens from space that have no motivations they have no you know anything against the eternals um so it just all just felt very weak and very underdeveloped uh so i was disappointed in that as well i'm sorry man yeah. and i'm sorry to everyone out there who might be uh thinking to watch this i'm sorry yeah. to am i sorry to marvel what are they reap that i mean they have so many movies they can survive a bad one or a less than, or a less than great one. But the problem with them is, of course, that they tie everything into everything else. Mm-hmm. So, well, <laughs> talk about a patchwork dress. <laughs> here's the okay. Here's the final problem. Unless I find more problems in my pocket, the final <laughs> problem is that this movie opens up another can, at least in my eyes, for the whole Marvel continuity. Um, I was expecting this to link back to maybe Shang-Chi or to maybe Loki or to maybe WandaVision. This, like, in no way, shape, or form seems to relate to anything. That's kind of nice, honestly. Mm, Hold on. Let me explain. Because I was like, hold the F up, Marvel. Hold up. (laughs) You know, we've got 27 movies, I believe. This would be 27, I think. All of these shows that have either come out or are still in the works... Um, and we've just got to me now way too many threads in the MCU. Um, so for instance, I was first disappointed, like when I think, I know WandaVision is still maybe supposed to, um, connect Doctor Strange, but let's say for instance, Loki, Loki opens up the multiverse and you've got the whole King Conqueror thing. And I thought, oh, well that for sure is going to be this whole thing that happens in um, Spider-Man No Way Home mm-hmm. where, yeah. wow, look, all the villains are coming because Loki opened the multiverse. Ant-Man, That's so cool. Too, yeah. And then you realize, wait a minute, in the trailer, Doctor Strange opened his own multiverse. So now that's its own thing, you know, because he's doing the spell and he messes everything up. And the Kang the Conqueror thing is something else. So we've got two tracks. And then we've got at the end of Shang-Chi, we've got his rings and the whole mystery of what happened to his rings. And Mm -hmm. then in WandaVision, we've got the whole mystery about why are her kids calling her? And I'm like, 
you know, I feel like a, a rich dog walker or something where, you know, you've got all these dogs, you're like, hold on, please. So yeah, this is just really painful for me. Maybe painful is being dramatic, but it's just really um, maybe sad to say, okay, maybe Marvel does need to downsize. Maybe they need to chop a few projects um, off of the block and kind of keep things simple because, you know, like you're trying to tell us every single thing Mm -hmm. counts, but unless there, I think unless there's direct continuity, um, it's just going to start getting really, really out of hand. They had a good run. You know, (laughs) when you're at the top, there's nowhere to go, but down. (laughs) So this is it. This is how the MCU dies. Not with a bang, but with a timid sex scene with Richard Madden. <laughs> with Richard Madden. Wow. Um, so, I don't know. I'm assuming there are going to be projects I like. I think Hawkeye still looks promising. Oh, sure. Spider-Man still looks promising. But um, at some point, I think we're going to really have to narrow it down and start, you know, making some extreme executive decisions. I'll be very curious because, there again, Marvel is so... Um, kind of unified and it's so dependent on everything fitting together Mm -hmm. that how will i mean we'll we'll, we'll see what the reaction is and whether that inspires them to change course yeah and i mean how do you change course when you're marvel like how do you change course when you're this giant ship like a a small schooner can skirt the iceberg (laughs) but a titanic that's gonna be a lot harder you need lifeboats and you need more you than the You know where I got a thousand lifeboats. You know where I got that from? Succession. Season one, episode three. I've been watching more Succession. Oh, fun. <laughs> good. oh God. I, That's a whole nother can of words. The new season is on. It's, and so far, it's very, very good. <laughs> Nicole says, uh, I fell asleep watching Dune. Oh, no. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's, that, yeah. it's, 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 it is a very, it's a two and a half hour, pretty shot of a desert. Yeah. Like I liked it a lot, but yeah, it's not. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> I do. I get it. Christian says, could, uh, I believe Fantastic Four be the one to bring things back together with Kang Reed Richards connection. I mean, maybe, but I mean, I, I, I think that my point is that like, once you get so spread out, can anything bring everything together? Like exactly. you said, there's so many threads out there. So, um, I'm looking forward to seeing them do a little dance. <laughs> See what happens. All right. Shall we move on? Do we have any other thoughts on yeah, Eternals let's, let's or Doom? Let's keep going. Hey, because again, big, big week. We also got a proper trailer for Amazon Prime Video's new fantasy program, The Wheel of Time, based on Robert Jordan's 14 book strong epic fantasy series about, you know, a young savior and a dark lord <laughs> and um, magic pew, pew, pews, yeah, that kind that of thing. That thing. Um, I thought we'd watch it and can we do the pause thing? Is that, is that an option? Okay, cool. Let's, let's, let's watch it and maybe I can uh, shed some light on what's happening. I'll try not to do too much. This is the wheel of time. Okay, great. That's Maureen Sedai, Rosamund Pike. Okay. Beautiful. They're in Tarvalin. I mean, first of all, it looks great. It just looks very opulent. Little special effects. Um, okay. There's low gain. Put it on pause. All right. So what's interesting here is that. So Moiraine is like kind of, again, the Gandalf, but they're apparently they're going to go back to her like, because she was, that, that was like her making you an Aes Sedai ceremony. So they're going to like do some kind of flashback thing. They're really yeah. making her the main character, it looks like, based on the show, which she is not in the books. Like she's, and oh, she's Gandalf, but Frodo's the main character and Moiraine is Moiraine, but Rand is the main character. So it's, it's, a, it's a cool choice. Okay. Play. I like the look of it. I like the kind of wavy yeah. things. 
It looks fantasy, you know, I like the hair. Oh, that's so pretty. We don't go there either. They definitely spent all the money. Look at the costumes. <laughs> it look looks the so elaborate. I mean, it's Jeff Bezos. Right we got. Oh, look at the look <laughs> yeah. at the crane shot. Look at the horse. Look at the slumber. Look at the forests. Look at um. Look at look at that. That's that's yeah. not CGI at all. You wow. got just beautiful mountains in somewhere. I forget. We got Nynaeve. We got some of our younger. These are our like ingenue characters mm-hmm. who are going to be our our hobbits, our Frodo's, our Sams, and so forth and so spooky. on. This is our uh, Minds of Moria segment. Looking good. Okay. Um, yeah, I love her. She's the best. We got Moraine. Again, fronting Moraine and just the photography is so nice. <laughs> it's, you gotta, ooh, burned out, uh, burned out area. Gotta go to some ruins. And of course, Sauron, the Dark Lord, the Dark One. Oh, put it on pause. Yeah, I what's love going the on way here? these monsters look. I think they look really good. Um, I don't mean to like be diminutive, but like they're orcs. They are the <laughs> they're called trollocs but they're orcs okay um and they kind of are uh each one is a different animal so there's like oh. big beak trollocs and there's like a whatever the, that thing's supposed to be like um Satan's rams fun. and satyrs <laughs> and bulls and dogs okay. and birds um but yeah they're the monstrous servants of the dark one which means they're orcs the series does get away from Lord of the Rings eventually, but it's very Lord of the Rings heavy at first. Okay, go okay. on. I, I think it looked great. I think everything looks great. Oh, come on. Look at that. We got Perrin. We got... Oh, God, it's so good. It's like a wolf thing. Got sun-dappled light. Got dim light. Got uh, uh, early morning light, late night light. The cities look terrific. Uh, put on pause. The Oh, good, good one. The costumes are interesting. Mm-hmm. Um... A lot of them have like kind of an Eastern flavor. This would be the Children of the Light, who are like a group of religious zealots who are kind of uh, out to stop all the Isodai sorceresses. They don't okay. like them very much. Um, they're like a, they're like a brotherhood, the Isodai sisterhood. I don't know if I love the costumes on them. It looks a little. It's always dangerous, you know, with fantasy mm-hmm. costuming that you don't skirt too close to Renaissance fair. <laughs> I suppose. Well, I well, I guess that would be my only idea of fantasy costumes. So, for the most part, they do a good job of avoiding that in this. I see what you're saying. Or like in, in general, you you know it when you see it. You yeah. know when they cross them. You see, okay, go on. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a little simpler, maybe. The acting looks good. I, I, yeah. I, you, you know that they put money into this, in, in, into the performers and everything. Some action, and we're seeing a lot of things I recognize from the first book. Like that's an important bit from the first book, that Waygate there. Um, I, I know they're going to cut things, or they're going to combine things, but it looks like I'm seeing a lot of things from the first book, The Eye of the World. Okay, look at the wow, the money into that CGI, <laughs> the magic. Again, right out the gate. Wow. And this shows like this will either, you know, sink this trend or um, buoy it to new. Mm overreaching Marvel-esque Eternals heights. <laughs> Could you explain the part about the wheel? Do you remember what she was saying about the wheel turning? The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. Something that she says over and over in the books. Uh-huh. Basically, the concept of the wheel of time is this like... It's a metaphor for life. It's an okay. endlessly turning, never stopping, unceasing uh, wheel that turns over and over. Life. History. Circa, exactly. <laughs> Mufasa and Simba. Um, and history repeats itself, like literally in this world, like kind of ages come and go and then they kind of be forgotten and they start again in a new form, like reincarnation is a thing. And then the dark one, the big bad man wants to stop the wheel of time 
And we can't let him no. be. We can't let him. That cannot be. It can't be. Gotta keep going. Gotta keep turning. <laughs> wheel in the sky keeps on turning. The wheel of time keeps on turning. Is that the theme song? <laughs> Is that Journey? I want to say. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Well, let's see. Natalie says, I think I'm sold. sold. Oh, you should definitely be sold. It's going to be so exciting. It could be interesting. And as Julie says, I wonder what the Trollocs were going to look like on screen, but I think they've done well at the costumes. I think the Trollocs look terrific. I really do. I think they look great. S- some of the costumes are like a little iffy on, but the Trollocs look really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're going all out. I'm going to watch it. Again, it's this giant fantasy uh, show, but it does have like, I was reading about uh, Amazon giving the showrunner like 10,000 notes on the pilot episode. Because... <laughs> Their point, I mean, you know, that's a lot of money they're putting into this. Yeah. They want to be exact. So the danger is, can you make something that's individualistic enough to mm-hmm. kind of strike it real corporate people, but still have it have that broad Marvel appeal? Yeah. That's what, that's what I think that was the problem with Eternals was that you have, you know, Chloe, who's this visionary and, you know, indie filmmaker sort of person. And I think to shoehorn her into a Marvel movie just probably was. I think she did her best. I was like, I know I just ragged on this movie for probably 10 minutes. I think she did her best given the circumstances. It just wasn't meant to be. Oh. Uh, for yeah, Eternals, yeah. yeah. I mean, so that's It's kind of sad, too, because like it sounds like they're trying new things. Yeah. But sometimes, <laughs> stick to what you know, I guess. Yeah. As Marcel says, just compared to the cycles of the Matrix, it's very much like the Matrix. Very much like those cycles. Remember, this is like... Pretty obscure Matrix lore <laughs> yeah. from 20 years ago. Yeah, the yeah. way it always repeats. Yeah. But yes, it is similar to that, Marcel. Good call. All right. So there's a lot of things coming up and a lot of things are already happening. And these will all happen again as the Wheel of Time repeats in a thousand years and we're reincarnated. Mm. Um, any other opinions from you? From you? Let us know. Otherwise, we move on to the final segment. I'm ready for the final segment. Final segment. Every week we do the Wick News Lightning Round where we go through all the news stories we couldn't fit into the main show and just give our 20 second opinions. Uh, although Christian asks, is Bill Murray really in Ant-Man 3? We didn't get that in there. Um, probably. Yeah, I'm not 100%. Not? But yeah, if he is, it's the right movie for him. Paul Rudd is a comedian. He's a comedian. Let's That's do true. it. That's true. Yeah. It's a very serious drama yeah. now. <laughs> to buy a very serious Academy Award director. Well, <laughs> So, yeah, it looks like he is, but we'll see. All right. Are you ready, man? I think you're going yes, first. Lightning's lightning round. All right. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, lightning round. Yes. All right. Thank you, Richard. Um, I apologize for my haste. Okay. Mia Johnson. Yes. Hayden Christensen will appear with Rosario Dawson in the Ahsoka Tano show as Darth Vader, I guess. Yeah, that's exciting because Hayden is already cast in the Obi-Wan series, which, you know, these are supposedly going to take place on two different parts of the timeline, which to me, I think should be way past the... I honestly don't know. I, I probably should have thought this through a lot more, but it's I'm like excited. Time, right? Yeah, it's going to be in that time period. That was 20 seconds? No, that was... That was... <laughs> <laughs> I did say I'm excited, so I'll leave it at that. Cool. Conspiracy. <laughs> I'm going to go back and check the tape. Um, okay, Dan, let's go. Um, Alfie Allen, Jack Gleason, Christopher Hajiju, <laughs> Christian Nairn, um, Gemma Whelan, Daniel Portman, and Isaac Kempstead Wright will be at the official Game of Thrones fan convention. You made me say all those names, didn't you? Yeah, I was a little mean to you there, but I, I mean, I want to say them all. Um, that's Theon, Joffrey, uh, Tormund, uh, the, uh, the Hodor, Yara, 
uh, um, uh, Podrick, and Bran. It could be this game time fan fiction in Las Vegas in February. Um, very important. I still don't know what, 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 why they're really doing it, but I'm excited. There's a lot of people who are going to come. I wonder if I'm sure they'll announce more as it goes on. I was trying to fit a lot into a little bit of time. Yeah, I've apparently forgotten what 20 seconds was, and we were on a roll, too. Sometimes that just happens. Like, this comes back up, and I'm like, I don't know. Or just playing Richard when it doesn't work out your way. Um, okay, Mia, here we go. Mm-hmm. Disneyland raises ticket prices uh, again, um, and some some former employees have circulated a petition to fire CEO Bob Chapek. Yeah, Disney Parks fans are big mad at Bob Ch- Chapek, and they've been saying, you know, there's a lot of things that he's been ruining, raising prices. <laughs> this is the first, the fifth time in five years that Disneyland prices have raised. They've had paid Fast Pass now at Disney World, and so it's just a lot. And, oh, Ingen- Imagineers are upset that they have to be moved from L.A. to Florida. Oh, happened like that. Idea. Yeah. Um, okay, Dan, Netflix is making a Last Kingdom movie after the final season. I think it's really cool. The Last Kingdom was a really good show on Netflix, medieval drama. It's been going on for um, four seasons now. A fifth season is going to come up. Um, it's not going to adapt like the, all the books. So I think a movie is a really nice way to finish it off and honor the fans and um, do something a, 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 a little higher scale, maybe a little forward in time. Great idea. Thank you, Netflix. That's a cool thing. Good for you. <laughs> now, we're, now we're back on. All right, Mia, um, what do you think of this weird leaked logo for <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? Yeah, it's 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 fun. I'm assuming the bottom is supposed to say Quantumania. Maybe it, <laughs> you know, when you have different writing, maybe that means you're going to a different place, different setting. So I wonder if it'll be like, ooh, this is the writing that they use in the quantum realm because we've never like, we've been there, but we haven't been been there. Maybe there's a city there. Maybe that's where the TVA is hiding or King the Conqueror is hiding. I don't know. Talk fast. Okay. This one I'm actually excited for now. <laughs> HBO renew succession for season four. I mean, that's great, but now I'm more curious about you. So how far are you into it now then? I've only watched three. I'm going to watch episode four tonight, but Keep I'm really on. loving if it. Into season two, it, it, if I season two, you're not into it, then you can stop. You can stop anyway. But um, yeah, it's great. It, this is this is HBO's big show now. Like this is their flagship show. Mm-hmm. And I, I love it. I think they're going their own way. It's not like a big fancy sci-fi drama. It's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's a fun one, Mia. Uh, <laughs> Brendan Fraser will play the pyromaniac villain Firefly in the Batgirl movie on HBO Max. Yeah, this is really awesome. I love to see this revival of him. I recently saw him in another movie, and I'm trying like to figure it out now, but I can't seem to find it. But anyway, I love to see him back. Um, I loved him in The Mummy and all those old oh, school yeah. movies, and. Yeah, I'm not like the bad girl movie. I don't know what that's going to be about. But hey, if he's in it, I'll be there. My butt's going to be in a seat. Keanu-sans, Makana-sans, and now the Brendan Fraser-sans. Yes. All of it. Okay. Let's see. What is your next question? Okay. <laughs> Warner Brothers is making a Smash Brothers knockoff with WB characters called Multiverse. Yeah, it's like, this is all true. You can like play as Gandalf and fight against Scrappy from Scooby-Doo versus um, uh, like Harley Quinn versus a bunch of other like characters of like Rick from Rick and Morty. Like it's just, you know, they're, they're cashing in on the Smash Bros craze, which I think Nickelodeon did that too. Like they had some game where it's all like Yeah. That. It sounds like That's Space Jam, know. the video game. Minus exactly. the basketball. <laughs> that is what it is. This is a, we're over. It's done. We can't talk about it anymore. All right, Mia, um, have any thoughts on... 
Tom Holland as young Nathan Drake in the Uncharted trailer and Mark Wahlberg as that other guy. Yeah, I do have some thoughts because Nathan Drake is in the video games, a grown man. There's like a flashback, you know, at some point. So to me, it's kind of hard to sell him as Nathan Drake because he is younger and it just doesn't, it just feels like a generic sort of, um, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. Indiana Jones like movie. So I think it's actually going to flop. It could make money, but mm. And finally, this isn't on there, and we don't need a 20 seconds thing, but um, just because you mentioned it beforehand, are you excited about the uh, Pixar Lightyear? Yeah. Like, real but animated (laughs) live action, I'm going to call it. Yeah, Chris Evans is uh, voicing the real Buzz Lightyear, who's supposed to be the basis for the toy that is false and not real. But he's fake. He's, yeah. He's a fake man. It looks good, though, and it looks like it's taking some cues from Star Wars. There's, like, a scene where it literally looks like they're on uh, Dagobah, like in The Empire Strikes Back. Um, So it looks, like, great for people who like sci-fi, people who like space movies, um, and... It's going to be Pixar, so I'm sure it's going to be a tearjerker, too. Oh, sure. Um, okay. And I think I, I think that was 20 seconds exactly, is my guess. Ta-da! But we can't know. <laughs> um, and that's our show, guys. We are here every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Winter Screen Facebook page and the Winter is Coming YouTube page. And also, we have some extra stuff. If you want to get extra videos, extra articles, and a special prize every month, we have the Wick Club, which you can find a link to that in the description of this video and in this comment that I posted right now. Thanks and bye, Julie. Good seeing you as always. Um, and yeah, we're going to have more stuff soon. And we'll have a Wick Club thing out before the week is out, most likely. So stick around. And also, be sure to go download us on iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are available. Rate us. Leave us five-star reviews. Leave us a written review that just says how glowing and wonderful we are. Or just like write a closed parenthesis and that's it. Like a review helps no matter what. Um, Thanks so much for watching, guys. This is always fun. And we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansider. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.